Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Book More Show. It's Stuart Bell here with Betsy Vaughan. Betsy, how's it going? Fantastic. How are you, Stuart? Very good. Apart from my voice is slightly croaky, so hopefully it's going to make it through. Uh, it's a uh, bottle of water. So either my voice will give out first or I'll drink all of this water and then we'll need to stop the bathroom break. (laughs) (laughs) This one, we are going to follow up from the last show where we were wrapping up on some of the follow-up actions, the beyond the book type actions, the book blueprint mindset, eight actions of now you have something created. What are the best ways of getting it out there? And and in front of the people who are most likely to become your best prospects or best leads, best customers. Um, last time we were talking about the email follow-up sequence. So if you're just joining us for this show, this is episode 58, head back into the show notes for episode 57. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been going through from the, the low-hanging fruit, the things you should absolutely start with, through to the email sequence that you should definitely have in place to follow up after someone's opted in. And then this week's show, we're going to run through the kind of grab bag, we were calling it, of there's some quick hits. We're not going to go into too much detail on any of these, but these are going to be some ideas that will resonate with you. Some ideas are going to be um, not relevant at all. So... There's something for everyone, but uh, not too much detail. Quite a few of them to get through. So it should be a nice rapid fire show. Awesome. I think this is good. I think um, the, the whole follow-up from, from your book is um, we hear that so often people need it. So I think with the follow-ups, email follow-up sequence, that was a lot of great, valuable information. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what we, we pull out of our hats this time. Yeah, I think this is going to be um, a great set of things that you're going to take one or two things from and over time they're going to be things that you can just pick up as and when they're relevant so show notes uh, across it 90 minute books.com forward slash podcast as i mentioned this is going to be episode 58 so we've got a screenshot of a couple of mind maps that we've got here um or a couple of sections of the main mind map that we've got here if we come up with any links or show notes that um links and show notes they're all going to be in the episode so this is probably going to be one of those where as you're listening to it or if you think about it at a later date you want to jump back into it then probably dive into the show notes and and scroll through and find the bit that you're looking for cool very good all right so let's uh let's dive in to get started so as we mentioned book's complete you've done some of the low-hanging fruit some of the easy options you've dealt with or engaged with people who already know like and trust you we've talked about referrals in the past so these are things looking at new audiences audiences where you're not necessarily in at the moment but an opportunity to refer to the book and refer to the book's content in ways that really just gets it in front of more people or adds value to people by referring to the book so one of the first things that you can think about doing is a press release so the the value of a press release has um it varies depending on how it's actually used. And there's many courses out there or YouTube videos or um, or experts in the field that can really dive into it. So if for whatever reason, this is something that you really want to um, use to amplify 
what you've created, then there's lots of other resources there. What we want to do here is really hit on two or three ideas that are low cost or no cost, um, ways to get a good amount of bang for your buck, as it were, but not necessarily going into maximizing this or, in, or indeed any of these. So press releases in 2000. 8 2009 maybe um were often used for seo they were a way of getting links back to the sites and there was a kind of mass production element to them just to get them out there that isn't really that relevant anymore but there is an opportunity to put a press release out there as long as you craft it in such a way that it communicates value so just put in a blurby bit of text to say i wrote a book it's about this go read it so you can get a copy here, isn't really going to engage anyone. But writing it with a particular perspective, point of view, angle, at the end of the day, the people who are going to see this are potentially journalists or people who are searching through press releases to look for relevant content. Again, with the kind of development of things, everything kind of trends down over time to a certain degree, unfortunately. Mm. So there might be a lot of spammy, useless junk that comes from it. But so what you're really trying to do is engage those people who are actively interested in what you're doing. And the way to do that is not just to create something, but to create something that is valuable and relevant and communicates a little bit more of the message. So rather than just, I wrote this book, really think about the angle, the human interest angle of why you wrote it, the not so much the benefits because it's not the sales page, but you really want to sell the benefits of the story. Um, so again, not going to be relevant to everyone, not necessarily worth the effort for everyone. Um, just putting a press release out there that is just the statement of facts of this is what we released. If you can find some sources to do it, that will do it for free. I mean, to a certain degree, why not? But quite often for kind of premium distribution in uh, PR web and some of the other press release sites, you've got to pay. Um, I think the last time I looked, it was $120 or so for an individual release. So you've really got to make sure that it's the, the um, what's the metaphor I'm looking for? Not the steak is worth the sizzle, but the, uh, the, the effort's worth it, basically. Some of the other things you can do, though, to take the same element, but just to um, to amplify it a little bit, to get a little bit more bang for the buck. So let's assume that you've written a press release that is kind of in that middle ground. You haven't spent lots of time and money crafting the perfect press release, but you've put a little bit more attention in it than just, hey, I wrote a book, go and get a copy of it here. So there's a little bit of the the reason behind it. There's a little bit of the the setup of the the benefits of the um any human interest element of it as i mentioned or the the outcomes why it was written once you have that created regardless of whether you actually distribute it or not you can use that thing that press release to directly contact people so if there are industry publications if there are um, journalists in a particular field if you know the other organizations are uh putting on uh, presentations or speaking engagements, or if you want to um, reinforce the point that you're relevant to a certain audience or a certain area, then you can use that press release to directly contact them. So yes, putting it on PR web or some of the um, wire-based services that just distribute press releases can be beneficial because it will get you in front of people that you don't necessarily know, albeit it's a very crowded playing field. Using it, um, 
manually using it to follow up with people who use it as a piece of reinforcing evidence or information is is definitely an option there are services like um i'm blanking on the name um haro um h-a-r-o and source um so uh, I want to call it Source Bottle, but I'm blanking on the name of that. Yeah. I'll try and remember to stick it in the show notes afterwards. Um, or Google it, basically. I think if you Google Harrow, then it's probably going to come up as a competitive search. These are sites where journalists proactively search for industry experts. So a journalist will say, I'm writing a story on such and such. If you are that person or you know of someone in that area, get them to get in touch with me. So you can proactively do some of that searching for journalists who are writing on an area that you're looking for and be helpful to them to by providing value so that um that press release can be part of that overall overall outreach campaign so when i'm writing a press release and this is not something i have you know um i'm not familiar with and i've never had to do so i'm writing it and i've written this book and um you know my specific target are audience would be you know clients i'm a dentist for you know say you know and i i put this out there um am i including information like on how not just to to quote get my book but to get to me like is that the information i mean is it just my name or are people gonna have to come and google me you know betsy vaughn dentist tampa florida how i mean what is you know because you're not sure who you're reaching you're not you're not gathering any information about people so what is the important information i mean how much detail needs to go into that press release so that people might reach out um are we putting contact information in there or just help me out here yeah so one of the easiest things to do is um is just google press release templates because honestly there's a million of them out there that um, might resonate for very slightly different industries or uh, might resonate with you just for information. HubSpot have actually got a great article or one of their uh, blog posts that talk about press release templates. I just Googled it as we were mm-hmm. talking. Uh, so that was updated yeah, in 2017. So there's a pretty, there's usually a particular structure which starts off with when and where the press release is coming from. Um, the introductory, it's a bit like writing a, um, like a dissertation, um, the, mm-hmm. the synopsis on a dissertation, or if you see any of the PubMed type, um, the full medical research papers, the, the synopsis piece on that is often written in the very same way. So, um, starting off with where it's from, who it's from, if there's a hold on the release date or whether it's for immediate release, the title of what it is, uh, the description of what it is, and then finishing off with about the organization or about the person. So contact details, background information. And there's also this thing where they typically finishes with, uh, finish with three um, number symbols, what you call them? Um, hashtags uh Hashtag. <laughs> blanking on words. pound uh, sign yeah pound signs yeah back yeah. in the day yes <laughs> yeah hashtags i think is global pound signs in the uk because the currency is the pound oh, yeah. you'd never call it a pound yeah. sign. Uh, it's like a bang for oh that's excla- interesting yeah it's like a bang for an exclamation mark no one would ever refer to an exclamation mark as a bang across here anyway, so it really was always called a hashtag uh yeah yeah 
Well, now that oh, I'm saying it, now yeah. I'm questioning it. But yeah, I think so. I They're think that's where it came it. from in the first place. Yeah, because we would never have called it a pound sign. Uh, yeah, we'd never have called all oh, the number symbol. So, Maybe we'd have called it a number symbol. A little off subject, but <laughs> when you call places, when you call places, you can take this out if you want to or not. But in the U.S., <laughs> when you call a business and they'll say, "Enter your credit card information," followed by the pound sign, they still say the pound sign. That has never been a thing there. So they would always say in the UK, followed by the pound sign. So like you would enter your credit card information, yeah. let them know you were finished. You would hit the pound sign or the hashtag sign in your case. So Do you know, that's, I, you've hash never. number symbol. Hash or number symbol. Yeah. 90, apart from my family who live locally where I live, every single other person I speak to is American. And that's been the case for so many years now <laughs> that I really struggle to think back to what it was in the past. So at the right. risk of disappearing down a complete rabbit hole, uh, rabbit warren, Sorry. I'm going to say that I don't know and move us back yeah. to press releases. <laughs> yes, go back to press releases. Okay. Anyone that's listening and knows what the answer is, what we typically used to call pound signs in the UK, then uh, write in and let us know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, do a press release on it. Um, so yeah, so yeah. jumping back, so just to quickly recap, we've got um, name, address, contact details, company details, like a letter would be up in the in the top. Mm-hmm. The release date, whether that's today, if it's for immediate release or a date in the future. The title of what the the um, the headline is. The body, which really talks about what the the thing is that's being released or talked about and again talk about it in terms of kind of benefits not just features and then about the company at the end but i'll i'll try to remember to link this blog post in the show notes and people yeah. can jump in on that it's one of those things that you see you know you see press releases you know on a regular basis but it's like thinking about writing one it you know yeah i had to go, i googled and of course four thousand you know templates popped up and there's examples of how to do it and it is pretty self-explanatory but when and, you're thinking about like yeah, exactly. And as you're listening to this, I mean, there's always the um, there's always the issue of someone will have a better template or say that there's a better way of doing mm-hmm. it or say that there's a particular thing. Like the nine word emails that we talk about in terms of engaging um, engaging leads, people will say, oh, well, that's eight words or that's 10 words. It's not just doing it in the first place is, is a thousand times better than not doing it. So don't worry about it being perfect. The reality is that it's probably unlikely unless you've got a super big um zeitgeisty of the moment thing of why people would want to write about this the likelihood of it getting picked up or people being interested in it is realistically pretty slim especially being what we're talking about i mean we're not talking about um as you're listening to this now you're probably not this isn't the press release for the technology product that you've just invented. This is the press release for the book that you're talking about it. We're not talking about New York times bestsellers. This isn't a press release talking about how it's you're about to win an award for the book. This is just to get the message out there and to be able to use it in a slightly different way. So to be, to have more background information, it just creates that bigger picture of things that people may come across if they're looking or that you can refer to later. So one of the better ways of doing I think is look for a couple of examples out there templates write something that is broadly in line with the standard so that it looks close enough that it makes sense that it doesn't look completely out there write in a way that talks about features not uh, benefits not features the the 
the the why, not not just the what, and then start using it as a as an opportunity to reach out to other people. So to to use it as a backup piece to reaching out to individual journalists or individual speaking um, organisations, use it as that backup piece rather than thinking that this piece in and of itself is going to make a, a fundamental difference. Caveat, as always, at the end of it is that press releases and writing good press releases can make a fundamental difference. So if it's something that you think you've got a unique perspective on, a unique take, this is something that doesn't exist out there in the marketplace already. This has been making huge inroads into a particular um do we always get stuck on florists if this book for some yeah. reason is doing something completely different in the in the florist environment and it's a game-changing book then by all means spend the additional energy and effort into making the press release outstanding because there might be some reason why it does get that traction um okay that, <laughs> that was the first one yeah. um and we're way further in than I, I thought as always. I know. Yeah, um, sorry. No, no, that's okay. So we'll hit a couple of these next ones are a little bit quicker. So what we're talking about doing is creating other assets to support the the release of your book and give you assets that you can refer to in other places. So taking the hard work that you've done already to create the book and then recreating other things based on it that can be used in different formats. So Another great example is a mind map. So I'm quite mind map driven. I use mind mapping for outlining quite a lot, certainly in the early stages of a project, just to get the, the, the bigger picture and to see how it all connects together. So I find mind maps very useful. I know not everyone's like that, but equally a lot of people are. So if you can take the outline of your book that you've created, even if it's just working from putting the title in the center, the next layer out putting the chapter headings and the next layer out from that going sort of one, two, three layers deep just on the key salient points. It's almost reverse engineering how the book was created in the first place. Likewise, if you did it the other way around, so a couple of the books that I've created for individual projects that we've done, I tend to do it the other way around. I start with the mind map and then create the outline from that. So the mind map already exists. Huh. And in fact, that's what we're doing here. The The list that we're going through mm-hmm. now is actually from a five by five project that we did to create a particular type of book. And a lot of the things that are on this mind map never actually made it into a finished version, but they're still super useful. It's just they ended up on the cutting room floor, as it were. So mm-hmm. creating that mind map gives you a visual asset that you can use to back up some of the points that you're already making elsewhere. So we talked last week about the email sequence and following up with people. We talked about the five emails that you should have in place. And in the middle section, if you people remember, we were talking about following up with a, a, a valid point, a salient point to kind of amplify the content of the book to add more value and potentially deliver that along with another asset. Well, this mind map could be that other asset. So on day one, people download a copy of the book, send them an email saying, thanks, here's the copy. The day two, follow up with them to ask the the spear email, the spear question, short personal expecting reply. Um, hey, Betsy, you're looking for a property to invest in or a home to live in? Um, Hey, Betsy, have you tried a nine-word email yet? Just trying to think of some of the examples that we've that are ours. Mm-hmm. Um, the ninety-minute book one. Hey, Betsy, have you dialed in your single the the, the single target audience that you're working with? Um, the next email after that was then going back and adding a bit more additional value. So that could be this mind maps. 
hey betsy um i wanted to follow up and and share this mind map with you this was something that we were working on in the early days of the project but we've shared it with a couple of people and they've got some great uh, they found it super valuable because it's got some additional content in there that didn't make it into the book so there's some some bullet points that hopefully will uh, give some more color to the project some more depth and also it's the visual representation of the book so i know certainly for me it's sometimes easier just to see it all laid out before me rather than reading the actual words so um because of the great feedback i just wanted to make sure that you got a copy of it as well um by the way have you done such and such again a, a, an expecting a reply type question so in a lot of these things we're talking about just from the hard work that's done already just being able to add additional additional assets to the arsenal of things that you've got to be able to share with people. And my map oh. is a super great way of, of visually being able to create something that looks very different, but is actually the same core material. Right. Same... Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 I was just saying, I think it is. I think there's so many people who are, are visually minded, you know, and that just seeing that just, it reinforces what you're saying or you're wanting to say and um, it's a great tool to use. Yeah, it's definitely all about that amplification and mm -hmm. really having mm -hmm. done 90 units worth of effort to get the thing created in the first place, taking an additional five units of effort just to reformat it. I mean, heck, you could even pass it out to um, an outsource worker on Upwork. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I forgot to meet my phone, obviously, before we started. Um, yeah, passing out to a resource who can take the ex existing chapter structure, just give them a copy of the book and say, okay, from this book, do a mind map, and the levels should be title in the centre, chapter headings, then anything that's bold in the book, or from every fifth paragraph, pick uh, pick a word that stands out as being particularly um, important or salient and create a mind map out of it. So this doesn't even have to be effort that's done by yourself because you've done the effort already by creating it in the first place. Um, likewise then, although this one's a little bit more complicated is, uh, infographics. So two years ago, three years ago, maybe, uh, infographics were very kind of do go. Everything had an infographic associated with it. That's, um, hotness as it were it's kind of tailed off slightly uh, but they're still super valuable particularly if you've got something that's that's infographic um infographicable for want of a better term um depending on how the book's set up and what you're talking about there may well be um some of them are going to be more in tune to that and i think that's the thing about this whole grab bag that we're talking about some of these things are going to be very relevant to you and you can think immediately yeah that's a quick and easy win and some of them are not going to be relevant at all so just skip mm -hmm. forward a, a minute or two until we get to the next one um infographics there's a stack of services out there of people that will do them for you um just go on to fiverr even for the, the real mm -hmm. in effect um in fact, I was going to say cost-effective way of getting something created. I mean, you can imagine going from the outline of the book to a mind map to uh, uh, an infographic. It's it's pretty easy to see how just from the mind map you could get an infographic created because, again, the layout and the relationships kind of created for them. All it takes is someone with a design eye and access to some good-looking clip art to, to pull it all together. Again, that's there's a sliding scale of this. So you could spend five dollars on an infographic, or you could spend five hundred dollars on an infographic. And um, there's a company that I know in 
Belgium, some good friends across there who data visualization is their whole business and they can spend tens of thousands of dollars creating, um, they obviously go into the data and do all of the research, but tens of thousands of dollars of something that turns into a, an infographic. So a sliding scale, depending on how you're going to use it and how much time or effort or budget you've got, it's going to vary. But just know that you can get something done on all of these things, I think, that we're going to talk about today. You can get something done at the $5 end of the spectrum. It doesn't have to be. I can't do that because it's too complicated or too much time or too much money. Um, there really is a quick and easy way to start it. Um, cool. That's good. Good stuff. So the next one, which is kind of related then, is um, is slideshares or presentations. So from these things that we've just talked about, the infographic particularly – I didn't necessarily plan for it to go this way, but there is kind of a transition or a natural flow from the mind map to the infographic to the presentation. They're kind of the, the mm-hmm. next layer up of, of complexity. or They take a little bit more time and attention or someone's time and attention, not necessarily yours. But creating the presentation deck, the slide deck from the infographic or from the mind map is another great way of adding another layer so you can imagine having sent from this one piece of content the book you can now send someone the mind map you can send someone the um the infographic you can send someone the slide slide deck all around the context of staying in email to email tripping over my words staying in email (laughs) communication with someone because what you're trying to do is start that conversation and get what we often refer to as as the love layer back when people finally respond and and give the backstory to what they wanted to create we see it with the, with the books people will very very often eventually send us the big email that's got all of the details so the presentation again doesn't have to be you you can find people online that will do this for you give them the source material and they'll create it but the slide share could be hey betsy i um, we've been talking over the last couple of weeks about this particular issue. I wanted to share now the slide deck with you that we used in a presentation recently, and we got a lot of great feedback from the from the p- participants. Obviously, it's not quite the same as being there, but again, because we're talking about this, I just wanted you to share it, and uh, a lot of people have got some value from it. So here it is. By the way, whatever the engaging question is. There's a web service called SlideShare, which is a slide presentation um, repository where you can upload presentations to. And that does in its in and of itself get an amount of traffic. It is a traffic source. So not only can you point people to that once you've got it up on SlideShare, but other people um, search for SlideShares. It's indexed in Google, obviously. So uh, there is an opportunity to get traffic from that source. So... Um, creating a slide deck out of it and then it's also something you can use later as well so um don't just create it for the sake of creating and having it but create it with the opportunity to use it at a presentation at a later date that then probably leads us on to that next one which is kind of the partners type approach Mm -hmm. and who are the partners that you can reach out to and add value to from the things that you're creating the book itself ultimately leading to wanting a speaking engagement. So I think on the show um, a month or so ago, I was talking about a guy called Mohammed that we were talking to 
in Canada was doing a lot of work with, or does a lot of work with the, um, I forget what you call it, like the Federation of Small Business, the Chamber of Commerce type guys, mm-hmm. and was doing a lot of the training for them based on their programs. So they've got a good partnership relationship. There's the opportunity to to don't skip the opportunity to reach out to these guys with some of these assets that we're talking about creating. So let's say, for example, it was the florist. Let's stick with the florist example. From the book, we create the mind map that we've shared with people about how to plan wedding flowers in May and in fall because of all of these constraints around what flowers you can get and who's open and all of that type of stuff create the infographic from that, which uh, kind of crystallizes the main points, add a bit more visual elements to it than just the mind map. That slide, um, that infographic rather, can then be shared with these partner organizations to say, hey, I know that you're talking about this. This is important for your people. If you're a photographer, so we talk a lot about complementary non-competing organizations. Uh Your photographer I know that the people that you're working with are going to be talking about flowers a lot. We've actually created this guide, this um, this infographic that just gives a super high level uh, overview of the particular things that are constraints in our particular area. I just wanted to give this to you so you can give it to your people. They'll get a lot of value from it. Using that as a door opener to then lead towards the book, to then lead towards customers, is just another, I mentioned it before, it's another um, weapon in the arsenal it's another little foot soldier out there mm-hmm. it's another uh, a door opener a way in from this original book this thing that you've spent time and effort creating hopefully you've created it with us so it's less time and effort than doing it elsewhere but still mm-hmm. it's something that there's taken some time and effort to create adding in all of these other elements, all of these other little foot soldiers that can be out there fighting individual battles so that overall your campaign is more likely to be more and more successful. So when you you think about, (laughs) go ahead. Um, So when you think about, you know, um, reaching out to compete, you know, non-competing businesses, like you said, you know, um, as we're talking about the florist, um, you know, maybe venues and photographers and and those kinds of things. People, you know, the bakeries and the people that are all uh, in that industry. I, you know, I think about somebody who comes to me and says, "Oh, hey, I got this and this. We've never met, but would you would you promote me?" You know, and I'm always, you know, hesitant when it's it's that kind of engagement so I always think like I wish we had a relationship before and it wasn't sort of that one-sided you know um because that's that's what you know like and not that I don't want to help people but you also you know if I don't have a relationship you feel like oh gosh you know so um, this ties in with the whole everything that we're talking about throughout the whole process actually not just today so one of the things that you just said now, I wish we'd had a relationship before. Well, depending on which side of the equation you're on, it's that old adage of when's the best time to plant an oak tree 275 right. years ago? When's the second best time to plant an oak tree today? Right. Because that's what it yeah. is. What are you going to do about it? You add today. Yeah. Too bad. The other thing that you said that's more, more salient though is I think the, um, you said something along the lines of, um, going and seeing the people at the bakery and giving them this thing and saying, Hey, can you promote me? Or when people come to you and they say, Hey, we haven't met before, but can you promote me? 
that's the problem and that's the thing that doesn't work and that's what too many people do and not enough people do the opposite which is positioning it as hey i've got this thing that will help you not can you promote me i've got this thing that can help you so not saying to them hey i've got this thing that looks great it's super valuable if you give me their email address i'll send it to them because who wants to do that not giving them a thing that's got your logo in huge print all over the top of it and and overly says the only way to solve this problem is to call me but instead giving them the thing that's got a reference at the bottom of it as to where they can learn more they can take the next step the next step isn't then to engage you and do business with you it's to learn more about that particular thing so it might be sticking with the florist example is here's the infographic that we've created to full wedding flowers in maine but that's what we've created um because there's certain constraints within the area that means that a whole host of flowers that people think about traditionally aren't available and the majority of the city the towns are tourist based and you'd be surprised how many of them shut down over the winter i'm sure that's not the case but that would be a reason for for doing this thing creating the infographic that gives the summary of all of that in a valuable way and highlights to people things to watch out for in a way that's not overly branded but then says to them um blah 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 here's all of the details this is super useful it looks good it's interesting feel free to give this to your guys they'll get a lot from it and then at the bottom there's something relatively small and tasteful that says by the way if you want to learn even more feel free to grab a, a free copy of the full main wedding flower guide from full main wedding flower guide.com at the bottom. So there is a call to action. There is a next step, but the next step isn't a big emblazoned um, picture of you at the bottom, holding a big bouquet and a sign saying, come work with me. It's here's the next step that you can, you can take. It's like we talk about the back cover copy. We often talk to people about the back cover copy should where possible achieve three things it should give people the opportunity to find out more if they're just tie kickers still and they're not really ready to pull the trigger it should give them a, the opportunity to raise their hand and request something more that helps you identify either them at the very beginning if they're seeing a copy of the book but you don't know who they are so a physical copy or if you do know who they are because they've requested a digital copy but now they're identifying themselves as hotter prospects because they're they're asking for the next thing and then the third thing that should be on there is the opportunity for and here's how you can get started now and give them the opportunity so that the hottest ones can really get ready these assets that we're talking about now are then two three four levels further back in the funnel even further up than that or down in the funnel depending on which way we're looking Mm -hmm. at it but but they're all things that just lead people to the next minimum viable commitment the next little step so yes if you went out and said to people hey i've done this thing it's great can you promote me the uptake on that's going to be a little bit uh you're not going to get the best response. But if it can really be positioned in a way that it gives that photographer, that baker, a way to um, not up their game, but to deliver more value to their customers, then that response is going to be a lot more. And obviously, exactly as you said, if you've got a relationship with these people already, then obviously that's that's going to be the best. Right, right. Okay. I gotcha. That... Um, 
that leads into another. So I'm going to group together these next four or five things. Um, okay. Or in fact, actually, let's quickly do YouTube um, because okay. um, because that's another one that's definitely worthwhile doing just because of the volume of traffic that it gets. Um, you can take some of the content that you've already got and break down chapter by chapter into small segments. You don't need to put the whole thing, you don't need to read the whole book into a YouTube video and and have it just up there as a single video. Within the book, there's going to be 50 talking points that you've got underneath the five main headings, the five main chapters. There's going to be 10 individual things there that you can do a very short video on. If anyone wants to see an example of this, you should check out Jim Hacking's uh, website. So across at hackinglawpractice.com, there is, actually, let me just double check that as I said it out loud, um, but head across to Jim because their YouTube channel, which again, I'll try and link in the show notes if I remember, is a great example of taking a whole load of topics, which is around um, immigration and um, and family-based uh, law and creating youtube videos on those individual subjects and they've got a massive library now of of um of of subjects that gets a lot of traction and jim does a lot of uh, face to camera stuff which is uncomfortable for a lot of people so i'm not necessarily doing that but if we jump back to the slide share example you could just do a youtube video that was talking through the slide share and amplifying and and uh, building up on some of the points that are talked about in the slides you definitely don't have to do a, a two camera piece that can be broken down across all of the different subjects that all of the different talking points within it a lot of short videos equally talking about the partners thing that we were mentioned before or mm-hmm. talking about the human interest angle that we were talking about before definitely is worthwhile in some cases creating a video specifically for one use case so if as the um well stick with the florist example if Uh there was um one type of flowers that were a particular issue although the book's talking about everything in general writing about one type uh, sorry doing a youtube video about one type of flower in one particular city or one area of the state and using some of the assets that we've talked about either the mind map or the slide share as the as the focus point but in talking about it talk about it from the point of view of that particular channel of that particular um speciality niche is a way of creating things that are tailored to the audience, tailored to the purpose, because then you'll also have, in addition to the other things we were talking about, you'll also have then videos that you can point people to. Oh yeah, I just did a video on that. Actually, if you head across there, you can, you can check it out. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit more in this next wrap up section. So YouTube's definitely one that's worthwhile doing. It doesn't have to be super high production value. It doesn't have to be vlog type stuff. It doesn't have to be face to camera. It can literally just be the, the walkthrough of a screen share. The main thing is the words that you're saying underneath it, um, the value that you're giving to people who are reading it, and then the opportunity that you've got to share it with people in lots of different, uh, lots of different areas. Okay. You know, I think um, more and real fast, more and more of our clients are using, you know, videos and, uh, and we get approached, you know, about, Hey, I've done, you know, a series of 25 videos and can I turn them into a book? No, but um, let's just say no. <laughs> but when they're, I'm hearing it more and more that they're that they're using, you know, um, the YouTube, and um, I, I, I think there's there's 
some people, when I, when I bring it up to others, like they're trying to come up with ideas on, you know, how to get their book out there, how to get their business out there, learn about them. And we talk about YouTube and people are a little intimidated with that. You know, um, I can't do that. Right. But when you really and truly, you, you said it, when you look at it, doesn't have to be that high quality production. Most of the YouTube videos are not, you know, yeah. they're just some, they're just, you know, somebody hitting record and, and speaking or singing or telling a joke or whatever it is, you know, just talking um, into it. And so I think people shouldn't be afraid to, and I'm afraid, you know, I'm a, I, that's not my comfort level. So I understand that, but there's so, that's such a valuable tool to use i think that even if you can put yourself that your picture out there your face out there looking at the camera because it just gives people um people start to trust you and and they feel like there's a personal relationship when they're you know seeing that person on the screen and you know so and i think that's it it's like we say with um with a book when people say a book the benefit of it is that people have a often have a traditional publisher publishing deal type mentality around it. And that's the benefit for us as, as, as marketers, we can take some of that kudos and some of that expectation and the persuasion elements of that and benefit of doing it by creating something that is valuable, but far more effective in a, in a bigger funnel by creating a, a 90 yeah. book rather than tens of thousands of dollars on a, on a more traditional book. Mm-hmm. The same with YouTube. Mm-hmm. When you say YouTube, a lot of people now think about some of the super high quality production value stuff of the likes of Casey Neistat or MKBHD or, or whatever these big channels are. But the reality is that's, that's right at the top end of the spectrum. And it really doesn't have to be that doing a screen share is the easiest way to get started. And then further down the track, or if you've got a specific use case for it, then maybe look at expanding that into other things. But that's mm-hmm. not where you should be starting because you won't basically, unless that's, unless you're a film production company who are doing that. Right. Stuff right. right. Yeah. You know, um, it's very similar to writing a 90 minute book. Content is key. You know, as long yeah, as you've got exactly. valuable content, then, yeah. then people don't care that, you know, your dog's barking in the background necessarily, you know, yeah, they yeah. don't care that your hair is not perfect. You don't have a makeup person and that kind of, you know, so as long as what you're delivering to that audience, it's great content. Yeah, exactly. People shouldn't worry about that. Yeah. It adds value. And at the end of the day, they don't, in the nicest possible way, they don't care about you. They're just trying to move on. Exactly. Resolve whatever issue they're doing. And if you can provide that information that does it, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to quickly run through this last little group of things that we've got, because they're all pretty, they're, they're all the same thing. So on the list, we've got forums, message boards, signatures, and profiles. So these are all things where you're out in the world, or in LinkedIn, sorry, is on this list as well. So all of these things are where you're out in the world and you've got the opportunity to intersect with people. And going back to the example that we were talking about before, where if someone just comes up to you and asks them to promote it, that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Likewise, if you were at a party and someone just suddenly walks up to you and starts talking about how good they are and all of these things that you should do, that doesn't go down very well. But if someone's been there talking for a while or if you know the person historically and they've added little bits of value here and there, then it builds up to a bigger picture. So with all of these things, forms, message boards, if you just do a fly-by-night thing and drop a promotion bomb in there, then, okay, that's not um, that's not going to resonate very well. But if you're in there answering questions and adding value and then saying to people, here's the answer to this question that you're looking for, by the way, 
I've actually written a whole book on this, so feel free to grab a copy. You can get a copy over there rather than kind of mansplaining to people why they should be doing this and, and just saying, well, I would tell you, but the only way I'll tell you is if you go and get a copy of the book. So all of these little assets, and there's, there's hundreds of others that we haven't either thought about or covered. Um, all of these little assets, the, the objective really is to have all of these little elements, all of these small, easy to create things because you've done the hard work already, just different ways of presenting the same information because it resonates with people in different ways and it's relevant to people in different ways creating some of these things so that they're there waiting ready to be deployed in the most effective way possible and it just amplifies the effort that you've already done in creating the book in the first place and gives you more and more opportunities to get in front of people in the right place at the right time um in a way that's going to resonate with them so hopefully there's something that's resonated with you as you've listened to this um i mentioned this is episode 58 so i'm going to put some show notes up with this and there'll be the transcript up shortly as well head over to 90minutebooks.com forward slash podcast and episode 58 will be in the in the stream there if you want to get started if you haven't written a book yet if some of these ideas have kind of fired up the juices a little bit to get it created so that you can go on to create some of these things or equally i guess the other way around if you've got a lot of these little things created already turning those into the outline of a book and then working with us to record it and get the book out there to give you a, a bigger asset a bigger thing that you can point people towards so that the funnel's more effective then of course just head over to 90minutebooks.com and follow the get started links and we can have that asset created for you in the next couple of weeks um couple of weeks couple of months where are we now end of april so early summer some of these things can be in place and um and just be part of this funnel that's got all of these little things leading people towards the next minimum viable commitment step that takes them on the journey towards eventually being being customers. Very good. This has been, I think this is so, um, there's, I think the last few, well, I would say like seven or eight, you know, podcasts we've done, there's been such valuable information. And um, an example, like my my partner in life, um, he follows us and he follows Dean and he hears me all day long, you know, talking about our business and what we do. And I give him advice because he's been a business owner for 30 years. And um, so I, I'm always sharing things, but it wasn't until he listened to the last podcast and he said, you know what I think I'm going to do? And he started talking about the five email follow-up sequence. And I was right. like, <laughs> that's, that's, but that's my information. Like I've been saying this for four years. What do you mean? I mean, like, why are you now just not getting it? But there's just been, there's just so, you know, I think sometimes people just don't, they really, people do sometimes need somebody else to say it, you know, some, or hear it more physically. Yeah. But there's just like a lot of great information um, that's either free or very inexpensive, not time consuming. Um, so I really hope, I would love to hear from, you know, our listeners, their their thoughts on, on what they're getting out of this and what they're using. And we'd love to, to hear from you all about this. Because um, I think it's just great information, you know, and seeing what it, where it hits right in my own house, you know, um, the yeah, kind of dawns on it. Like, well, yeah, so yeah. I would love to hear from yeah. people. Yeah, and as you're listening to this, if you do have any feedback, then shoot us an email to 
either support at 90 minute books or podcast at 90 minute books and, and we'll be there to pick that up uh, if you've got any particular questions or points you want us to dive deeper on or other areas that we haven't covered that you want to bring us into a uh, either a make us aware of or b want us to talk about it in the context of a book and the and the funnel afterwards then definitely shoot us a note and it'll be great to to follow up with that what you were talking about with yeah. mike there and having heard things that you've said but it was only when he heard it in a different way or at a different time that it resonates that I think highlights exactly what we're talking about here. The likelihood of you landing in front of someone's um, desk or email or, or landing in their ears at exactly the right time is pretty slim. So if you can create multiple, um, multiple things all based on the same thing that, um, that reinforce and amplify the points just in a very slightly different way, the more, check moves that you can put out there the more opportunities you've got to get in front of people the more likely you are to get checkmate to get that love letter email back to mm -hmm. get that engagement so yeah i think that really um highlights yeah. exactly what yeah. we're talking about for sure perfect wow. okay well thanks again for your time betsy and thanks everyone for listening we will catch you all in the yeah. next one very good take care take care bye bye